The reading is from uh, Luke chapter 8, and you can find it on page 979 of the Green Bibles. Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell on thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he had said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And his disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Colin. Um, just a short prayer to start. Father, use these words um, speak to us today. Uh, we invite you, send your Holy Spirit, Lord. Amen. Um, good morning. Um, it's, it's fantastic to be able to speak to you about the parable of the sower. It's, it's a great parable because it just speaks to the normal person, which is every single one of us. Um, and whilst I ask Colin to, to read through the entire parable, I want to focus on one particular section of it today um, and maybe go off a little, pe- a little off-piece, so you might have to bear with me. Now, I want to look in particular at the seed that fell amongst the thorns, which then grew up and eventually choked the seed. And from later in the parable, we find out that this refers to God's word, which he speaks to us through the Bible, through answered prayer, through other Christians, and directly to us when we listen to him, uh, and how his words can be crowded out or ignored, nor ignored by us. And to relate this to Tim's sermon series from the spring, this is when something or or anything really gains topos, which is to say it gains a stronghold, uh, a foothold in our lives, and eventually chokes our faith and stifles us and um, restrains us from being the man or woman that God calls each of us individually to be. And I'd like to look at that today and focus uh, on our response to this. And what I'd like to do is examine this in a wider agricultural context and use an example that Jesus himself liked to use, that of sheep. Um, I've often been a bit confused why Jesus used the example of sheep quite so often because I see sheep as quite silly, errant animals. Um, and then I look back at my own life and some of the decisions I've made or not made and I thought actually maybe, maybe he was quite right to use sheep. Um, 
But firstly, some of you may be wondering why, you know, Tom, you're, you're, you're young, cool, trendy, urban, chic, uh, uh, with it. Um, what could you possibly know about, about agriculture and sheep? Well, um, I grew up on a farm, uh, we had some sheep, uh, and whilst I never watched my flock by night or seated on the ground, um, I did spend a fair bit of time shepherding some sheep. Um, and what I've got today, I've, just, I've got a couple of qualifications for those of you still unconvinced. Now this, um, this may look like a cap, but it's actually a device for protecting yourself when climbing over a barbed wire fence. Which put on here. And this may look like a simple stick, but it's actually for warding off wolves or controlling unruly um, dogs or children. Um, so what I'd like to do today um, is just tell you a couple of stories about sheep uh, and then relate them back to, to ourselves. The first, um, have to use your imagination, picture if you will uh, a bitterly cold winter's morning. Um, I set off across the field to, 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 to check the sheep. Uh, the, the grass was white with frost, and there was a real mist in the air. My breath was condensing as I walked across the first field, um, which was church close. And as I got to the gate of the field with the sheep in it, Bull's Meadow, um, I climbed over the gate. Uh, and as I got to the side, I noticed, probably about where Mary's sitting there, um, a sheep stuck in the, in the, in the thorns. Uh, and worse still, it was actually stuck in the thorns in a ditch. Uh, and it had obviously been there overnight because the, the water had frozen around its legs and the thing was in a ba pretty bad condition. Um, now, I have to tell you about sheep. Um, if a hedge or, or some thorns jumped out in front of the sheep and said, boo, the sheep would run away. But, but being as, as, as a hedge is, or, or as thorns are, um, the sheep often just graze around the thorns and eventually get caught up in them. And often when you go to release the, release the sheep or pull them out of the thorns, they actually pull themselves out and run away. Um, and I think that's amazing because they'll, they'll gradually, gradually get caught up. Uh, and they often could get away, but they, they're, they're, I guess it's their, their apathy or their passivity that leads them to, to not pull away. So I went to this sheep, I'm going to pretend it's, it's near where Mary is, and, and I pulled the sheep out of the thorns, I dragged it up on, uh, onto the dry land, and I took off my coat and wrapped, it in the, wrapped the sheep in my coat. And I called my brother, and we carried the sheep home to, to tend it. Um, but I think it's... Um, uh, I definitely see the, the similarity between uh, pa pa passages of my life where, where I've got caught up, where um, I've been in a place um, that, I, that I know the Lord calls me not to be in that place. Um, uh, and I think my, um, there's definitely a similarity between my own um, passivity or, or apathy. Um, the second story uh, was earlier this year. I was, in a, I was in a meadow um, called Billings, which is a little stream running by, uh, and I was with Michael, who's the, the, a friend of mine from, um, for, from the World's, uh, World's End Trust, and we, um, we, we pulled into the field, and it was a field of hoggets. Uh, does anyone know what a hogget is, by the way? Okay. Uh, you learn something new every day. A hogget um, is, is a one-year-old sheep, and sheep are born uh, as lambs in the lambing season from December through to April, and on the 1st of January next year, they become one-year-old. Even if they're born in April or December the year before, they become one-year-old uh, and they're hoggets. So they're, they're young, um, immature sheep. So um, as, I went into, as we drove into this field in the Land Rover, the sheep all ran up to us, probably 150 of them, all running as fast as they could because they knew that we were going to feed them. But I noticed across to the right, uh, under a tree, there was a sheep uh, on its own. Um, and because sheep generally like to flock together, you know that if a sheep's on its own, uh, it's not a particularly good thing. Um, and this sheep, I, I very quickly realized that this sheep, um, whilst still quite an immature sheep, had, had fallen pregnant 
during its first year. Um, and this is normally a particularly bad thing for sheep because being very young, being very naive and immature, they don't really know how to deal with pregnancy. They're not, they're not old enough, uh, really, to, um, to, I guess, have that experience and to, and to understand what to do. And the sheep's reaction uh, in this situation is, is often, um, when this thing comes from inner space bleating at it, uh, is to run away. They don't, know, they don't know where it's come from. They don't understand. They thought they just had a stomachache for some months. Um, and that's what happened with this sheep. Um, and again, I, I look back at my own life and I thought, you know, there are times when I've, uh, when I've, when I've ignored or turned away from something that, that I know that I really need to address. Um, I love to use the analogy of, um, of a ship in a storm. And you can be bobbing about in a storm, but really the way to, to, face this, to, 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 to get through the storm is to, is to face through it. Uh, and often I've bobbed about uh, and, and ignored the things which I, I really need to address. Um, the, third, the third story I want to tell you um, was in the lane next to, the, next to Billings, next to that field. It was probably 10 or 15 years ago. I was um, uh, young, uh, quite fit at the time. Um, uh, what happened, you may be asking, but <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, um, so I was probably 12, 13, 14, um, and there were about 100 sheep had all got out, and they were running down the road, and about a mile ahead, I knew there was a busy main road, which would actually spell disaster. Um, so being um, quite young and self-confident, I decided that I could run around the sheep, I could overtake them all, and turn them all back, and I'd be the hero. Um, so I set off running, running past these sheep, and I'm going to pretend that you're the sheep. So I, I set off running past the sheep, and I managed to turn a few back, I turned Graham back, and he realised I wasn't chasing him. He started grazing on the side of the road, he realised actually I was just turning him back to safety. And I ran past a few more, just heaving a little bit more, I managed to turn Mary back, uh, and she started grazing on the side of the road, and she was in safety. But there were people at the back, there were people like Alan Bannister at the back there, tremendously fit sheep, and they thought I was chasing them. So they ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. And I got about three quarters of the way past these sheep, and I couldn't get past them. And I collapsed in, in an absolute heap. Um, I really struggled, um, and I failed. Um, what I can tell you is that whilst we did eventually bring those sheep back, and it wasn't a disaster, um, I couldn't turn them all myself. Um, I couldn't save the sheep stuck in the hedge. Uh, and I wasn't there in time this year to save the lamb. Um, I'm not even a proper shepherd, let alone a good one. Um, but interestingly, Jesus never said, I am a good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. He said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Now, I don't know what may be gradually gaining a foothold um, in our lives. Um, I don't know what may be catching us up like the sheep in the hedge. Um, or what may be growing up like the thorns in the parable uh, and choking us. Um, could be a, a number of things, different for everybody. Anger, bitterness, fear, uh, worry, uh, hurt, um, dispute. And I don't know what any of us may be avoiding, like the, like the sheep fleeing from her lamb. But I do know that the Lord each, knows each of our hearts intimately and calls us daily, like the good shepherd, to turn back um, from danger to the right path. And John 10.10 10 records Jesus saying, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So not so we may be choked or caught up or, or scared or nervous or worry. Worry, uh, worrying or fearful um, I come that you may have life and have it to the full and there's more good news because he offers this peace every day he offers this freedom today and Matthew 11:28, Jesus says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest are you weary are you burdened come to me and I'll give you rest this isn't something where there's a waiting list it's not means tested it's not exclusive or elusive it's free and it's immediate and whilst we all face different challenges the answer is the same um, 
So as we come shortly into a time of prayer, it'd be great. I'd like to give each of us just a chance to make a small response. But first, hear Jesus' words from John 8, 36. He says, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. So as we come into, come into land, as we finish here, um, I just want to say that if you feel the Lord has been speaking to you recently or today about anything we've spoken about or indeed anything at all uh, and you'd like to talk and to, or to pray about it uh, with me or Johnny or, or any of us really, um, then we'd love to pray with you. And whilst it's not necessary to share specifics, um, I'm happy for you to keep that between you and the Lord. I'd love to pray with, with, with every one of you. Um, uh, so um, so do, do approach uh, me at the end of the service. Um, so let's just have a moment of prayer just to finish off. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your son to be the good shepherd. Thank you that he laid down his life for each one of us. Thank you that you never get tired or give up calling us and pulling us out of hedges, turning us back onto the right path, removing the thorns that stifle our growth. Thank you that you never bore of drawing us back to yourself. In this silence, Lord, shine your light into our lives. Send your Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us. Father, we turn to you. By your spirit, give us your freedom today. Amen.